Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, the design agency as passionate about craft beer as we are. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Bayonet Brewing Co, Dolphin Brewery, Papermill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, Smallback Brewing Co, Belgium and Blues Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, James Moss, The Brew Brothers, Paul Whelan, Bettina Cassidy, Forks Brewery, Claire Costa, James Cox, Craig Hatton and Steve Pratt. This Week in Craft Beer members can now get exclusive discounts and savings at some of the top UK craft breweries. If you're interested in saving money or simply want to help support us, then please visit our website at www.thisweekincraft.beer for more information and to join at just £1.99 per month. We hope you won't, but of course you can cancel this at any time. So Chris, tell me how you've been. It's been almost exactly two years to the day by the time this goes out that you've been on the podcast, episode 82 quite a lot of water and quite a lot of beer under the bridge since then and how's it been for Pastore? Absolutely well Rob uh, thanks for having me back but only two years I mean it seems like another lifetime that whole kind of I want to say like guys back then which is so weird you look back at it now um so yeah. yeah good those days are behind us but yeah I look I look back fondly in many ways back to those days even though the, the world seemed to be a meltdown back then we yeah, were, we were coming know, out of sort of coming out of covid at that still coming out of the worst of covid i suppose you yeah, could say yeah. like we still had that crazy christmas where everything shut down again to come but then of course between then and now you've had the ridiculous cost of living crisis and the you know the raw materials and the, uh, and the energy costs and everything's oh. just you know, gone, gone through the roof so i'm sure that's been stressful for you as it has been for everybody in the industry yeah Absolutely, Rob. Well, indeed. I mean, it, you know, it affects us all, right? But I mean, certainly, you look back at, you know, we set up um, Pastore in well, late 2019. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, a few months of trading and, and we were into the first lockdown. And then, as you rightly say, it just seems to be one damn thing after another ever since then. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 what was it? We've just had our fourth birthday, right? In fact, we're going to be tasting a couple of fourth birthday beers today. Right. Yeah. Um, that we released well, um, back, well, September we released them. That was officially our fourth birthday. But yeah, right. I mean, that's four years. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud to survive that long, to be frank. Absolutely. Yeah. Us, you know, and, I, and I'm, you know, it's been tough for so many breweries. Some who haven't made it, uh, no. you know, and uh, you know, a moment's pause to remember them, perhaps. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Some of us um, have just have managed to uh, keep going, uh, Pastore included. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm ultimately I'm thankful for all, all the many people, uh, the, the bottle shops, the bars, the pubs, um, who, who've kept buying our beer. Yeah, and obviously, and, and the drinkers, right? The, the people ultimately who have enjoyed the beer, supported us in these tough times. So a big, big thank you to all of you listening who, who've drunk Pastore and supported us. It's thanks to you um, that, that we're still here, you know, despite quite incredibly tough conditions right and i'd be lying if, if i said we hadn't had sleepless nights and, and heartfelt conversations about you know, right. you know who we can we should we carry on but we we have carried on uh, we're still here <laughs> we're still fighting and you know turning away from some of these you know you know slightly more perhaps more morose trains of thought around all these myriad problems of us and 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 the other businesses and of course everybody in the country has had to suffer from yeah, there's been a lot of excitement and fun along the way too. And certainly when I look at how different perhaps we as a business are and our beers are since the last time you and I spoke, Rob, um, right. say two years ago, uh, certainly a lot has changed. Yes. A lot of things I'm happy with and I'm proud of uh, developments in, in those two years. Well, I think I, th- I think I need to respond to your opening remarks on behalf of the uh, UK craft beer drinking public. And I can honestly say that you know, whilst you might thank us for drinking your beers, I can certainly say it's been absolutely no hardship whatsoever. You know, I, speaking for myself and my sort of close drinking buddies, you know, whenever we see one of your beers on draft in uh, in the places that we drink, you know, it doesn't take us long to get around to it, that's for sure. It's always a pleasure, and I, I've certainly never had a bad beer from you, never expect to. I think, you know, your, brew, your beers are exactly what I love out of uh, the, the, the more creative end of the of the craft beer spectrum. And, you know, I think we're going to get into talk about a couple of them this evening. But, you know, I, I, I'm a massive Pastore fan, I think we're lucky to have you. So, uh, yes, it's, uh, oh, you know, it's very much brilliant. appreciated. Yeah, well, thank you, Rob. I, I appreciate those words. Um, it's, it's interesting, actually. It makes me reflect on some of the other you know, nice things that have been said to us in the last months or a year, uh, year eighteen months, I guess. 
And I think, you know, how, how the, the kind of feedback has evolved and changed is very interesting and perhaps telling as well. Because I remember yeah. when we were first on the scene three, four years ago, um, you know, we were, I guess, seen as maybe quite innovative at the time. You know, there wasn't a lot of fruited sours um, necessarily back then. Uh, right. So a lot of excitement around what we were doing. And we got, we got a lot of um, you know, quite high profile supporters in our early days. So these guys doing great things. Of course, that was you know, really good for, good for us, you know, kind of gave us a bit more belief and confidence in what we were doing. And, and obviously, the nice thing there, right? Everyone loves that kind of positive feedback. Okay. It's actually how it's evolved, right? I mean, the, the market's moved on so much. And there are so many awesome breweries out there. And I'm not just about Saudi. I'm looking at every, everything, right? Every, every yeah. type of being think of is, you know, there's always new breweries starting up, pushing the boundaries, doing more awesome things. And when I think about, when, when I think about Sours, yeah, I mean, there's some great stuff going on there. There's, there's some people around who were around four years ago with us uh, yeah. who are still doing great things. Then there's many breweries who, you know, have maybe come along since or, or have, you know, who maybe aren't sour breweries by nature, but who have, you know, who dabble in it and are making some great beer. So, so yeah. I think the whole sour and mixed firm thing has moved on massively. Definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, I think it's great. You know, it, it keeps us on our toes and makes sure we need to keep innovating uh, and so on. But one of the, the nice things I think we have heard in the last, maybe in the last year, you know, when I go out and about to festivals or I do meet the brewer events or whatever it might yeah. be, is people, and it can be people in trade or it can be the punters drinking our beer, kind of commending us on kind of a bit like you said just there, Rob. They, they know they're going to get a good beer when they buy mm-hmm. or they get one of our. They say we're very... What's the word? It often gets used. Reliable, consistent, perhaps is yeah, the word. Right? And, yeah, Yeah, and that wasn't that almost wasn't in my vocabulary four years ago, right? It just never occurred to me that was an important thing, you know. Or, or maybe I just took it for granted. That was a thing that we just keep making beer, and it'd always be good. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you learn, you learn in life, and I certainly learned that it's not easy to do that. Um, well, I, so, well, I don't think, especially in your sector of the market, if I can call it that, you know, it, I think if you were brewing best bitters for a living or you know or, or even you know even american pale ales mostly then you know i think the ability to be consistent is maybe a, a much more achievable goal than than you know some of the beers that you're making so you know so i think that you know the fact that your level of quality and reliability is so high considering the you know the apparent chances you take in with your beers and you know i know that's mm-hmm. a that's a loaded word and perhaps isn't isn't relevant to the conversation but you, you know what i'm where i'm going with that chris you know you you, you don't you're not brewing safe beers are you uh, and you know, and so the fact that they still turn out at such a consistently high level, I think, is is a great uh, a great quality that you have. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, and definitely, we 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 strive to do that. We and I, I just absolutely, I'm always delighted when someone gives me that feedback because uh, I've learned the hard way that you can't take that for granted as a, as, a, as a brewer, as a producer. No, um, particularly as you say, when there's an element of risk taking, when you're doing something a bit cutting edge, and you're not always sure of how it's going to turn out. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite, quite blessed. If I look back over the four years of brewing, there's been very few times something's really gone wrong and I've not been happy with the beer. No. Um, so I feel quite well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember talking to Vault City a while back and asked them sort of how many, how often they end up pouring a beer away. And, it, you know, it isn't very often, but it obviously does happen mm-hmm. occasionally. And, uh, you know, I guess it, yeah. it must happen with you as well because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't maintain such a high quality threshold if you didn't, if you weren't prepared to to decide something wasn't fit for, for release. Yeah, indeed. I mean, actually, I, genuinely, I, I, it's only happened, I don't know, I could certainly count on the fingers of one hand in our, in our four years. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and one of them, that I always tell people this story, the, the great lost beer, one we poured away, it wasn't because it wasn't good, it was bloody awesome, <laughs> but it um, it had uh, should we say production issues around the, the nature of the puree. Um, was, was it the puree? It was kiwi. It was a kiwi beer, um, right? Yeah. And for ki- kiwi puree, bloody stuff wouldn't settle out, um, oh, and no. so just tasted great. Didn't look great. Weird. It kind of had a kind of rather nasty brown color. It didn't look great. No. And then it had these kind of um yeah this puree. Sort of hanging around a bit oh my god it tasted so good we were we just kept hanging on maybe it'll sell maybe it'll sell you know but oh, it never did a sad tale indeed but you know, but few and far between as long as that's the case then uh, then you know a lot to be happy about um let's talk about this first beer chris this mm. is con creamer berry six six point five percent berry vanilla ice cream float sour 
Very brief tasting notes say the same again, actually. A berry vanilla ice cream float sour with blackberries, raspberries, and strawberries. Yeah, great. I mean, this is, um, it's, it's actually funny enough, it's going to be really hot again this weekend, isn't it? And so, you know, I was going to going to make a joke about this beer, you know, would have been more suitable for sort of July or whatever. But then, you know, it sounds as though we're going to have a really nice warm October to see out the summer. So, the, yeah, I think this beer is going to come back into its own. But lovely flavors just a hint of vanilla it's not you know when people hear words like vanilla ice cream it it sort of sets a certain expectation in your mind about what the beer's going to taste like but then when you see it's from pastora you know it's not going to come up sweet and sickly so um i think you've just got that hint of, of the vanilla ice cream flavor but you know it's all about the berry flavors as the as the dominant uh taste that come through and that's lovely blackberries are great flavor um you can't go far wrong with blackberries can you absolutely and it just helps that slight autumnal note as well i think the blackberries so yeah i mean you might think oh it's a big summer beer but the you know with, with our anniversary falling in september we always try and do something a big release of of, of fun things in a september nice. there's actually a pair of these concremas so the one we're tasting as you say is the berry there's yep. also a concrema orange um which oh, okay. is orange and sea buckthorn right uh, and vanilla that also tastes great it's actually really lovely coming back it's actually a couple of weeks or, or maybe even longer since i actually tasted this myself and actually yeah it's, it's tasting bloody delicious, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is, definitely getting a blackberry there. Lovely, yeah, a slightly tart and dry, almost blackberry sort of thing going on in there. Very, very nice. Yeah, yeah it is. It's yeah, got a nice, a, a nice finish to it as well, which is uh, yeah, it's a sort of a, a dry kind of note as, uh, as it as it leaks off yeah. the back of your tongue. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as a reminder, I mean, um, we we kind of always say this, um, but we we don't add lactose to our beers, so we, right. mm-hmm. we don't. They tend to be a lot more sour and tart than, than many sours you'll drink out, you'll, you'll find out on the market. Yep. Uh, that dry and crisp finish is, I think, a, a real characteristic of our beers. And I'm definitely getting on this Concrema Berry as well. Yes. Um, Back to what you were saying earlier on, Chris, about the you know the way the market's sort of evolving and, and people are a lot more people are brewing sour beers but but also i'm sure the drinking public is a lot more willing to embrace them and you know you've got a probably a much broader audience now than you had when you started four years ago you know how do you see yeah. the, the the market evolving for, for sour you know what, what's the how would you sort of score it and what are you expect in the next few years you think much more growth to come on the sour side i think so it's been quite a journey when we first had, had the effect of starting up a mixed firm and sour brewery yeah, uh, what well, so that's 2018. We were kind of we we kind of really took a bet. We we loved sour beers, um, but they weren't widely known at the time. No. We kind of took a bit of a bet that it was going to become a thing, right? So we were out there not 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 long after Vault City had started. Yep. And yeah, I, what I you know I think you can now look at where we are four or five years down the line and see that to some extent we were right. Yeah, I mean the, the sour beers has become <laughs> very you know very marked sector uh, that yep. people know about. And yeah, yeah, we, that that growth uh, in in that segment has happened. That's come yeah. to pass. So in that sense, we we were right. We we got that right. We we've made a I think a beer with um, or a product line which helped drive that segment. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned Vault City a couple of times. I mean, they're the guys who've really driven it. Let's face it. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. incredible. Yeah. Marketing machine. We're making great beers. So they've done a great job. But yeah, we, we've been there too. Part of that scene. Really proud of that. But I think what we've seen in parallel which we maybe didn't anticipate so much back five years ago was that as well as the market for sour beers growing which it definitely has yep. the people producing sour beers would also grow so this kind of volume hitting the market would grow yeah right? so, so maybe you know maybe like for about five years we perhaps naively thought oh yeah you know it's hard to make a sour beer we'll get out there we will be one of the <laughs> yeah, we'll have that market we'll cornered yeah yeah we'll make a good beer you know and it's gonna be hard for everyone else to do it. well well actually of course we were a bit even wrong there right there's lots of talented people out there <laughs> who are more than capable of making great sour beer thank you very much mm-hmm. so we've definitely seen a, a, a growing market and and it's very really exciting um we've certainly seen one heck of a lot of competition as well but yeah. hey that's great that's why for, that's great for the consumer ultimately we're all as i've mentioned already we're all in there hell you know driving each other on spurring each other on to make better and better that's sour the beers. wonderful thing isn't it about about you know not just the sour market but but the, the craft beer scene generally is how not just how helpful one another you know you are to one another but how genuinely you want everybody to succeed one of the things i'm going to ask you about was festivals this year chris and i know you were at a little earth fest so let's start with that but i guess there's been some other interesting festival experiences for you so so how has the festival summer been for pastore 
Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, Rob. Um, we took a bit of a conscious decision to dial back on festivals this year. Right. If I'm honest, right? So we haven't done so many as we had the previous year. No. But we, uh, you know, or another way of looking at it is we've been a bit more selective and a bit more choosy. Um, yeah. And then there's another reason. It's partly we were just burning it out, right? We, you know, we, we're a very small team. Yes. And, you know, we, you know, it was hard for us to, to really sustain uh, going to all these festivals you know we always we absolutely love doing them of course but but anyway the ones we did do this year we, we chose carefully and we, we've actually had a great time uh, and there's a couple more to come as well that's all this year which i'm really looking forward to but yeah you're right literally all, i mean i think it did all start with little earth and that's or i mean for anyone listening who's who's been to that it's just such an awesome friendly little festival yes um down in, I don't know, I can't remember if it's Suffolk or Essex, it's on the border of two Yeah, I think it's just Suffolk, isn't it? But it's, yeah, it's on the yeah, border. Yeah. It might be, but it's a lovely spot there. Uh, just going to the pub is amazing. It's a lovely it is, place. that's right. It'd be worth going yeah. there. Just, you know, if there wasn't a festival, oh. just to go and sit in that pub. It's so lovely, yeah. Oh, 100%. Fantastic pub. Amazing lineup of beers there. Um, yeah. Even when there is a festival, there's an amazing lineup of beers. There's obviously great food. There's a campsite there. It's a, it really is a, a delightful spot to visit. And then when the festival comes to town for the weekend, it's just brilliant. You get you get so many mixed firm sour enthusiasts descending on it. There's obviously you know a lot of all the producers, the well-known producers in the UK are there. You know ourselves. Yes. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, there was who else was there? Obviously, they for doing all their stuff. There's crossover yep. blender there. I mean, you know. It, you think of someone there with their balance were there. So yeah. fantastic being a real hardcore mixed firm festival on a very friendly scale. So absolutely love attending that. Uh, I can't wait for the next one, to be honest. <laughs> Quite gentle start. I mean, it's not far from us in Cambridge. So it's relatively easy. We get, you know, to get down there and then be chill. Yeah. After that, yeah, we kind of, you know, knock it up a notch or two. And what have we done? Obviously, you've already mentioned London Craft, LCBF. Yeah. Um, Always enjoyed that. It's just that's the one to be at, right? It's, it's such there. a great venue, isn't it? Yeah, really venue. So much fun. Um, always get a great reaction from people there. You get people nice. coming back who try here, and I love to see what we've got on. You get people who've never seen us before, but they recommended. Always a big mark of success for me is when you get people coming, join the beer, and then you get the re the, the referrals, right? You know, within. Half an hour of someone coming drinking a beer, like all their mates and their mates' mates have come that's as well. Nice. And, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and we do get it. We get quite a, a lot of that with the style of beer we make, which is obviously unusual and perhaps different, different from many of the beers yes. that are on it. Yeah, we definitely get a lot of that, and that's always lovely. I bet it is. Yeah. You know what's coming up? We're in fact setting off not tomorrow, but the next day uh, as we speak here, Rob, um, to Indie Man. So we're yes. so. Uh, Looking forward to that. Um, we were there last year, had a great time. Can't wait for this one. And then we'll be finishing the year with uh, Dark and Wild. Also, brilliant. Yeah, so that's, a, that's yeah. a great way to go out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great way to go. Although, to be fair, we are also attending a, a smaller um, festival in Bishop Stortford down in Essex. Oh, nice. um, yeah. They're run by the uh, Belgian uh, Beer Co. Uh, down there. Uh, that should be a fun one. So, oh, yeah, that'll, yeah. That'll, that'll be our last one for the year, I think. Right. In fact, um, in fact, Rob, I just realised in talking to you about it, but I've actually forgotten the biggest one we did this year. Absolutely mental and slightly left field. This is the Cambridge Camera Beer Festival. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it has had a four-year sort of hiatus for all the obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, to do for COVID and everything else. But, yeah, it came back with a bang this year. And this is a phenomenal – it is a, a phenomenal festival. It, it's – it's just huge, incredibly busy. I mean, they, they shift a phenomenal amount of beer. Right. But, you know, mostly cask. I mean, probably, I don't know how it is by volume, but certainly by space at the stands. I mean, it's probably 90% of it is given over to cask, yep. cask breweries, some great stuff. But they have a, um, a key keg bar and they have some local breweries um, to Cambridge area who are always invited to set up their own bar. So we came along this year, set up our own bar and absolutely smashed it. Had a great time. Fantastic. Um, Sold a heck of a lot of beer, Didn't and the best thing for us is, you know, I, I've often told people this: we our beer goes all over the country. In fact, it goes all over the world, right? We, we, yep. We're lucky enough to send beer out to to, to Scandinavia, to to the Far East, and and, and elsewhere. Uh, and this is great. In, in our own patch, we're relatively unknown, right? Um, for various reasons, I won't necessarily go into here. You know, we just never really quite took off in Cambridge. There's been there's been a small number of craft beer bars and pubs who massively supported us. Yeah, uh, they knew. Who, thank you very much, guys. Um, but yeah, we've never really got beyond that. But the Cambridge Beer Festival, everyone in Cambridge and the surrounds goes to this. It's, it is yes. just a huge, well-known local event in the calendar. Yeah, and end of May. 
happens. And so, yeah, we suddenly got this massive boost to our profile where suddenly all these local people were suddenly turning up, finding out about us. Oh, my God, this stuff is awesome. (laughs) You know, look, what you've just described basically sounded very much like the Reading Camera Festival, which, you know, didn't come back this year and so is now is now been off, I think, for five years. And so, oh. you know, whether it ever does come back or not, I'm starting to doubt. And, you know, that that was the second biggest beer festival in Britain after the Great British Beer Festival, actually. So it's, uh, you know, on an absolutely humongous scale, the Reading Camera Festival used to be. And the last couple of years they ran it, again, as you just described, they had a key keg bar, um, you know, it's somewhat begrudgingly, I, I get the impression. You know, I think they had, might have had 10 or, 10 or 12 taps and they were rotating them, you know, and there was a, they were certainly selling a fair amount of really good beer there the last couple of times I've been there. Yeah. Uh, so back in there seems like a long time ago now. Back back before the war, it feels like. But yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, I, I do hope they get that back uh, on its feet. Each year it doesn't happen. It makes it less likely to come back a little bit, doesn't it? I guess. And uh, I yeah, do, it, yeah, it, I, yeah. It is interesting. I, I this was the first time I'd been kind of on the. I mean, I've been to Cambridge Beer Festival many times in yep. the last years uh, as as a punter. Yep. It was the first time I'd really been sort of, you know, behind the scenes on the on the supplier seller side, and and it gave me a whole new respect for for the guys from from the local camera who who set up and organise and run this festival. When you see what we're doing, it's an astonishing. Oh, effort. It's, I know. I uh, know it's, yeah. All my volunteers, it's quite incredible, and I, I I'm just absolutely in awe of them. And yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back. They they were telling me very proudly that they'd they'd outsold GBBF. I think. Um, oh wow. Two years in the two years running up to covid well that's so, quite something yeah. isn't it yeah <laughs> that's, that's quite incredible amount of beer get sold so anyway yeah i mean absolutely brilliant lovely to see that back on the cambridge scene and it's been giving us a great boost locally including now people rocking up at our tap room you know locals who've never heard of before and suddenly have tried our beer at the camera beer festival and saying we didn't know you're here but this is awesome fantastic <laughs> well a perfect segue into talking about your tap room how's football how's business what's your what are your trading hours? You know, to paint us a picture yeah. of, of Pastore Tap these days. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, so we um, we essentially open once a month only on a Saturday, uh, yep. daytime open, 12 till 6. Check the website or Instagram for the precise dates. We try and keep it regular. We're currently kind of on the second Saturday of the month through yep. to the end of the year. Uh, but do check the, check the website. Um, being a small team, of course, you know, sometimes like there'll be a festival or something, other commitment that comes up, which yeah, we have sure. to shift, yeah. shift the opening by by a week, whatever. Um, but yeah, we 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 open once a week, uh, sorry, once a month. So it's you know, as tap rooms go, it's it's not exactly a a big, a big thriving one that's open all the time. And right. yeah, what we've found is that the once a month opening, it kind of works really well for us. It, 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 we can kind of manage it and, and work it and, and make yep. it work it well make sure it's really a it good opening. A special occasion each time it opens yeah, yeah exactly and we find that people will put the date in their diaries people right? plot it in yeah. their diary and figure out their summer schedule around it yeah i can imagine i, yeah, I would do exactly. the same if you know if the phantom or the double barrel tat romani yeah. opens once a month i would be there that day that's for sure you know <laughs> yeah exactly so we we i think um previous year we we we'd attempted to open a bit more frequently I mean, it was okay, but what we found was actually the same number of people came, but just spread out more. Spread out between so, the two or the three sessions. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we, 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 at the moment, we've reined it back in, as I say, once a month. When we do open that once a month, we tend to be very busy. We get loads nice. of booking. Uh, we always have a food truck. Um, we have the big boost in local trader course, as people in Cambridge found out about us this year. Yes. People come out from London, and people come out from Brighton sometimes, and 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 <laughs> and people on holiday in, in the area will will make a point of swinging by. It, yep. It's great, really lovely. And yeah, we we managed to set it up so that when these people do come up, particularly if they've come from far and wide, we will just give them a tour and you know make sure that they they you know get the most of their visit and to thank them for making the effort, right? Because I mean it's you know it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and people coming along on the beer bus as well. <laughs> yeah, the beer bus is awesome. Yeah, so this was um this was uh, something set up by some guys. I mean, you know, in concert with uh, Crossover Blendery and, yep. and and Baron Brewing. If you, if you kind of looked at a map of of Hertfordshire, Cambridgeshire, I guess you would kind of see that those three breweries I mentioned, so Crossover and Hitchin, Baron, and a place called Buntingford or, or near it, and us yep. up in Cambridge. You kind of it's the three points of a triangle. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. If you sort of squint a bit, it's kind of a crooked triangle, isn't it? So you can you can yeah, you can yeah. string them together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. And, and so some so so someone um in um big beer drinker I think down in Milton Keynes said, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll um let's get a let's get a kind of bus 
sort of set up where we can take a bunch of people, sort of shuttle people between these three breweries, have a kind of rotating thing, right? So we'll have a, we'll have a busload of people, a minibus, <laughs> a minibus yep. full of people um, in each brewery at 12 yep. o'clock and then give them a couple of hours there and then shuffle them all around to the next one and kind of rotate okay. around the three breweries. And that's what we did. Is was what, a month or two back we did that. And I have to say, it was, uh, it was utterly brilliant from our perspective. Awesome. So I'm so pleased that's working. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a great yeah. innovation. It was a great innovation. Um, and then the guys, you know, I, I, I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but a guy who was driving the minibus, he put an awesome shift in. To, yeah. And he was such a friendly guy and he brought everyone around. And it was so lovely. We, we had our locals, you know, people who know us, who come to us, and they, they all rocked up at 12, had a quick drink, yeah. and then were on the bus and being driven down to, I don't know where they're going first, but, but they were driving off down in the heart. Uh, and then yeah then we had another busload coming up from Hertfordshire with um yeah people who don't usually come to us and they came up you know and it was lovely to talk to them introduced them to the brewery yeah. wow. hear about you know all their stories of drinking down at Barron or at Crossover <laughs> it, was, yeah, it, was, it was just fantastic thing really nice way of mm. kind of getting that cross fertilization and hearing about other experiences and and, and 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 people trying out different beers it was awesome That's brilliant. I know somebody mentioned this to me a, uh, a few weeks back and so I, I just I think I, I'm not sure if I googled Pastore beer bus or crossover beer bus but I found it straight <laughs> away on Google so anybody that's listening to this and is interested in trying to figure out when that's running next is you know you'll find it easily on Google and I you know surely recommend people get involved with that because what a great way what a great afternoon out you know go and see three three very high-end breweries by the way I mean all you know all three of you are on at the top of your game aren't you so it's a uh, you're not going to have a bad beer at any of those stops, I guarantee. Yeah, no, nice. Yeah, people were also stocking up on your takeouts and then <laughs> put a 50-minute bus ride down to the next brewery. <laughs> well, drink, why so. wouldn't you? You're sticking straight on the bus there. So I didn't have got a character very far, have you? <laughs> nice. Uh, i tell you what, Chris, let's take a short break. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, a design agency based in Essex offering professional marketing services across the UK. They specialise in graphic design, brand creation and web design and can create anything from a fresh logo, new product branding, eye-catching adverts to a fully populated website. No fluff or filler, real design for a competitive world. To find out more visit hitmarketingdesign.co.uk so I'm back with Chris from Pastore for the second half of the show. Chris, I think you probably know at this stage every week, I like to have a little bit of fun and put the guest on the spot and ask maybe a slightly challenging question. As soon as you're a repeat guest, you get to answer the uh, alternate challenging question. And that is, is there anything you wish you'd done differently? Looking back at your four and a bit years at Pastore, is there anything, you know, with the glorious benefit of hindsight, you would change and say, well, you know, if we'd have done this instead of that, things would have worked out better? Oh, wow. Yeah, big question. <laughs> I'm sure there's many things. Um, the one that springs to mind, really, is, and you can kind of see, when I, when I want to tell you what it is, you'll kind of see why we, how we end up doing this. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of the one bugbear I've still got, which kind of annoys me almost every day I'm in the brewery. <laughs> uh, and it's no, one's, it's no one's fault, really, um, because of the nature of Pastore and what we were trying to do. So long yeah. story short, we, we rock up as two guys, two home brewers who've got a vision for making, you know, specializing sour mix firm beer. Yep. We, we've proved the concept at homebrew scale. We want to make it commercial. Right. Uh, we don't know how to set up a commercial brew. We don't, we don't have the know-how. So right. we employ um, and pay a consultant to come and help us with that. Okay. Now, these guys, I won't name them, but they're, they're very good, actually. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to start up without them, right? So, they, right. They, so we, you know, we're here because they gave us that leg up. They earned their money by helping us get a brewery in place uh, and making the products that, um, you know, glad to say people seem to enjoy. Sure. However, um, it won't be perhaps a surprise that, of course, it was kind of an interesting situation where we didn't really know about setting up a brewery at scale, at commercial scale, because we were home brewers. We didn't mm -hmm. have that background. Experience. Uh, of consultants we used you know unsurprisingly knew nothing really about the mixed firm and sour brewery no. and how you know and what that might mean yeah. um, for a production brewery and how you might design a production brewery to work for that style of brewing okay yeah. so you know we ended up with a brewery uh, designed really for brewing car scale right um and of course that's not what we do no now actually we we 
you know, it hasn't, I, I don't know if it's really held us back, but, you know, probably not actually, but certainly now all of, all the knowledge we've accumulated in how to brew sour beer, fruited beers, uh, yeah. and to do that well and consistently, the brewery would be a very different place if we were designing it again today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's one of those classic, oh my goodness, if only we'd known that stuff, um, yeah. you know, things would be better. But yeah, you can see how it happens, right? It's just, us not knowing what we were doing, uh, the consultants, you know, giving us a template for what they knew how to do. Not sure. Really quite yeah, yeah. What we were doing. So yeah, that's how it happens. Um, yeah, no real complaints actually. You know, we've got a perfectly good brewery. We're making good beer. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. I, I, I look at the tanks and think, why did we not think about that? Or, or why didn't the consultants realise that we that would be a problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah, no, good answer. And I can see how that sort of, you know, it's not probably, it's not bad enough to make you want to reconfigure things, but it's, it, it is enough to, to niggle at you each day you're brewing, which is <laughs> like having a, a little stone in your shoe, isn't it, or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, good answer anyway. Uh, good humoured answer, which I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Look, I can't delay any longer. Let's get into uh, this second beer, um, which is quite yeah. wonderful. Chris, this is La Clementina. 6% Wild Ale, um, and it's a collab with Pinta Barrel Brewing from Poland, you just told me. So I'll get, get the background on those guys in a moment. But the tasting notes, first of all, say a blend of red wine and semion barrel-aged golden wild ales on local rhubarb and clementine oranges. Absolutely magnificent beer. This is, I think, you know, the sort of the most exciting end of of craft beer um, for for my money is 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 this type of of experimentation where you're you know you're blurring the lines between the between beer and wine and I know you're one of the UK's sort of leading proponent of this uh, so I'm really interested to get the background to this Chris and then I want to loop back around and talk about the tobacco dock experience but let's talk about the beer first so what was the origin of this and you know how pleased are you with it yeah brilliant so. I mean, our barrel program is relatively small. We've got about 30 barrels, many wine barrels, including the uh, red wine, Semillon, Rioja barrels we've got. So um, those are the barrels used in this particular blend. What we do is we make, we kind of have a standard Saison style base beer, golden wild ale we make. So we, right. we, 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 we brew the wort. We then uh, inoculate it with our mother culture of wild yeasts and put it into barrels right? and, then, and then we age it for a period of time yeah. um, and we'll be, we'll be tasting it along the way and then working out you know when it's good to go or how we might yeah. want to blend it and so in this particular example we do this a lot but and we often do it in the form of collabs right. um, so this collab with Pinter Barrel yeah. Brewing really great mixed firm and aged age beer experts from Poland they were over they, they were um, you know well known to our uh, one of our distributors, Distant Lands, who are a local distributor. They're, nice. they're, they're good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, look, you're into brewing are awesome. We're bringing them over to the UK. It'd be lovely to come over to your place and do something together. Brilliant. So sure enough, we have the guys over. We swap, you know, stories and and, and, and experiences in, in you know, sperm, barrel aging and so on. And we discuss what we're going to do. And, and yeah, this is what we chose. They, you know, obviously we followed a classic pastoria template you know you, you can't you know aging obviously is a long thing what you've got in barrel is what you've got in barrel right it's not like you know pinter could come and say oh i think you should do this because we could do but we have to wait 18 months that's, right. yeah, about that's it. the challenge isn't it yeah so, yeah, so what, I call it, what we do is we typically get get the guys in in this case uh pinter and yep. we sit around tasting through the barrels um trying out little blends uh, and and sort of building a consensus about what's working what what what's a beer that we would all jointly like to drink um, right so yeah we chose jointly this blend of the red wine the semillon barrels um two separate barrels i think which just tasted really great together and give it a really nice acidic profile not too acidic not too acidic but just lovely balance um so we went with that um when we had them over it was it was coming up we knew it was coming up to um rhubarb season so we uh-huh. got some local cambridge rhubarb in uh-huh. uh conditioned the beer on that Nice. Uh, and I can't remember where the Clementine particularly came from. I, I genuinely can't remember. Anyway, that was suggested it'd be a nice thing to to add to the blend. Yes. And yeah, I have to say, it really, really works, doesn't it? It's, it's a great beer. The Clementine, so, look, Clementine is a flavour that could easily overwhelm the whole thing, and it really doesn't. So you've got that. It's a super subtle 
Clementine though, isn't it? You know, the, the, obviously you've got the, the rhubarb, like the acidity of the rhubarb is really nice mm. in there as well. But but the whole the, the Venus, you know, nature of the, of the of the wine barrel really comes through, and it's just the whole thing is a a delightful concoction. I've got I've got to come back to the to the tasting and the blending session with Pinto because I've got in my mind how how that would work, you know, and I sort of, I, I feel like you know you just sort of you're just sitting there desperately trying to make some notes on on what you like before you all sort of collapse drunk amongst the barrels. And I'm, I'm sure it's much <laughs> yeah. more professional than that, but it just you know, I'm picturing <laughs> what like, that's how it go if I was doing it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's kind of how it works, and, and it's really fun. One of the lovely things about we do that a lot because we just find it's a, the collabs for these beers are just so much fun because there is so much to unpack and talk about and and mm. and the viewpoints from having a different different people in whether they're brewers or whether other you know whoever they are having that yep. different viewpoint in yeah you know, and seeing how they react to the different barrels the different yeah. you know different styles of blending is endlessly fascinating so okay. in this case it was i mean these these are pros right these guys know how to, to yeah to barrel beer and how to blend it so it was really interesting yep. sort of swapping swapping stories with them we did another of these recently um a collaboration with um, a bottle shop in harrogate right. called husk yeah. mm-hmm. they, great place and they came down a couple of guys from husk came down and we did a similar exercise with them and again completely different experience again because these guys are coming out from a completely different angle right they're, yes. they're not brewers producers they own a, a bottle shop or a bar and then yeah. they, they enjoy drinking these beers so just it's just always so much fun they're great great collabs yeah. So talk to me more broadly about the nexus of uh, of beer and wine then, because I know that's a, a, as a passion of yours, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if we take a step back, right, we're, we're drinking this Clementina Golden Wild Ale uh, blended from a couple of different barrels where it's aged for, for a year or more. Then it's conditioned on fruit. And that's what we're drinking. And, and as you as you rightly said, it's very nuanced. It's very subtle. The, the, yeah. those, those fruit flavors are there. They really help build a a lot of complexity and as you said vinous character really yep. delicious that that kind of template though the golden wild ale the, the barrel aging the blending and then the conditioning on a fruit that is the basic template and, and we repeat that a number of times through the year uh, where possible using seasonal local fruits so for example uh, yeah we, we do a straight rhubarb one in rhubarb season um, which uh, always nice. goes down well but one of the, the big big highlights of the year is when we get uh, grapes in from a local winery in, in, right. the, in the winemaking season right and we're in it now right third of october in fact uh, we, we are talking on the third of october uh next monday uh, i'm due to pick up this year's grape harvest oh wow um, Super from our, from our local winery amateur so 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 basically what we what we discovered what we thought we'd do is we you take the the pressed grape skins that have been used in yeah. winemaking, the leftovers, if you will, or, yeah. or, of, the, of the winemaking process. So the winemakers, they've got the juice out. They've, they've, they've had it on the skins for long enough to get the flavors, whatever they want to do. Yeah. And it's just these skins left. Okay. And they're going to go, they're going to they're gonna be thrown away. Yes. Yeah, but to not if we get there first, right? We, yeah. we get in there and say, no, do we have those? Please? And so for the last three years, I think, or certainly the last two years, in fact, this will be the third year. This will be the third year where we are going to a, a local winery called Gutter and Stars in Cambridge. These are yeah. this is they make great, great wine. They're a very award-winning urban winery. Is that, is uh, that so we're going to get as well as white? Of, yes, we do red and white. So we're yeah. going to get on Monday. We're going to pick up a bunch of Bacchus um, grape right. skins. So Bacchus is a white wine grape. Yeah. Uh, they make a they make a beautiful white wine based on that. Uh, and then at some point we'll also be getting Pinot Noir skins off them. Um, okay, and then what we do with these is we then just apply the template, right? So we, we, we choose the right blend of golden wild ales from, from, from the barrels. You know, we go through the tasting process, the blending process, and say, right, we're going to combine this barrel with that barrel. Yes. Um, and then we literally decant that, that blend onto the grape skins. <laughs> and so we do two batches. We do the white batch. We call it Bianco, which goes yep. onto the, the white wine grapes, obviously. Yep. Then we do the Rosso, the red one, which goes onto the Pinot Noir skins. And we will condition those for a period of time, which uh, is an interesting topic in its own right. But we will yep. condition it for a period of time on those grape skins before packaging, uh, conditioning, and releasing. And the release right. will come. So the, so the beers we're about to, I mean, we're getting the grape skins next week. Yep. Uh, though the beer based on those grape skins will probably be released in March or April next year, just to give you right. an idea of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And we refer to it as the vintage. So yeah. you, you mentioned LCBF tasting these beers. At LCBF this year, we had the 2022 vintage out there. Uh, we had the red and the white variants. And yeah, they were tasting bloody great. They were fantastic. And look, I've got to tell the story. So you, uh, I, I'm sure <laughs> some several people listen to this podcast at least will have, will have been there to experience it. But in the vault, you know, down one end of Tobacco Dock, a wonderful place. It's, it's pretty hot, so it wasn't. It was rather unpleasant temperature, but in every other respect, a lovely place. There was you and Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel. Um, you know, the whole thing was advertised as, you know, Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel does beer tastings throughout the whole of uh, LCBF this year. But in actual fact, it was you that was conducting the, you know, the, the you were the brains of the operation, Chris, you know, the, the master of ceremonies, if you were. And, uh, and you had Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel running around as your, as your beer waiter, basically, didn't you? Topping up people's glasses. And, uh, you know, that, I'm not being disparaging for Johnny. I've got a great deal of uh, respect for him. I think he does a brilliant job. He's, you know, and he's without doubt the preeminent UK craft beer uh, journalist, if you want to call him that, I'm sure. But... Uh, They've certainly got a bigger audience than anybody else. But it, it was amazing to see sort of Johnny, who's usually the, the star of the show, you know, being your uh, your assistant, making everybody's glasses uh, full. So uh, it was a really interesting talk. And, uh, you know, the, the beers we were tasting were for the gods, as you say. So, uh, yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I was too kind of busy and, and somewhat stressed at the time to really <laughs> notice all that going on. But, yeah, part of the stress, of, and I think part of the reason Johnny was having to run around so much was because we had, the, as I say, the red and white wine variants. And the white wine variant what is um, of the 2022 vintage is is quite well carbonated, shall we say. Yes. Uh, and, and, and these beers had come down on, on the train with me that very morning oh. and across London on the, on the underground, all the rest of it. Yeah, um, I think we just brought a couple of cases down, and and I was well aware, you know, they, you know, we'd had them nicely chilled back at base here in Cambridge yeah. before they warm up a bit. They're going to get shaken around on the train, um, so I, I tried to get them in a the cold store at LCBF, which I did, but yeah. probably only for a couple of hours. Yeah, poor old Johnny had so Yeah, I thought, oh my god! I, I tell you what, if I if this, you know, if we have a sort of a, a, a soak Johnny from the Graphia Channel with beer side moment, that would be very funny. Luckily, it wasn't quite that bad, but I saw he was pretty stressed trying to pour this. Yeah, beer no, he was. He, he, he kept a smile on his face, so it was a it was a fun <laughs> session. But that no, was great to, you know, obviously brilliant platform for you, Chris, to, to reach that that audience and hopefully you know pick up a few fans along the way. I'm sure you did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, that was it, wasn't it? I mean, as, as you say, Johnny, <laughs> kind of a legend in craft beer journalism circles, obviously. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was actually wonderful being there. Yeah, talking about the beers, an appreciative audience as ever, these sort of things. You get such a knowledgeable set of people who come along yeah. to these and then, and uh, great questions from everyone there. And um, and then, yeah, we had a kind of a bit of a, a rush on the bar straight after because people wanted to come and drink more. Nice. I think we had, a, we had a third, if I remember, we had a third variant on the taps oh. so i told people that and there was a bit of a rush to try I bet you had a, you had a significant <laughs> cue for that then yeah awesome yeah <laughs> yeah now one of the fun things actually i do remember now what we we had the i've talked about the the rosso that's the red wine variant yes you know Watkins. And we'd always, when we first, the first vintage we ever did, in fact, the second vintage as well, we didn't really know what we were doing. So we'd kind of looked into, you know, we'd Googled around and looked into what particularly North American producers were doing. Because there was a yep. lot of this stuff here done in North America, particularly in the Napa Valley, for example. Oh, yeah. Where you, you get kind of beer, you know, breweries setting up you know, in or around wine producers there. Yeah. So we'd read up what we were doing. And one of the kind of received wisdoms in this style of beer was, yeah, don't leave your beer too long on the skins because it will kind of absorb too much of the tannins and stuff oh, yeah nice so we said okay right we hear you we'll we'll stick the beer on on, on the grape skins for one month yeah and that's what we did and then interestingly we i think last summer we had cyclic over from barcelona doing a collab with us and we we're doing something right. else with them we were doing a wild blend on plums or something with them but they're very lovely chat because they they're based out in the spanish or the catalonian um yes. wine wine making in areas and then and so they do a lot of this kind of thing right so we were talking to them and we said oh yeah we just, we just conditioned the beer and the grapes for a month they said why do you do that so well you don't want to get off flavors well no i wouldn't worry about that they said we leave on for months or years <laughs> and so, so with that in mind the, the previous vintage the 2022 vintage we actually did a variant of the pinot noir where we deliberately left it on for six months instead of one month right um, and then we had the very interesting comparison point and then and you know and any of your listeners can can do this right you can you can buy these beers both variants from our web store or you'll find nice. it at your local bottle shop. 
yeah. and you can taste straight up what we call the Rosso, which was conditioned for one month from the Pinot Noir skins. Yeah. And then something we called Rosso Long Maceration, which was... Nice. <laughs> and we were genuinely interested to see what the difference would be. And there yeah. is quite a stunning difference. Both of them taste awesome, uh, right. but in different ways. And the long maceration uh, actually just tastes a much more fruit forward and juicier, strangely. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. And I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, conducted tastings, a lot of people, and uh, yeah, some prefer one, some prefer the other. So, so there you go. Brilliant. So, are you going to do both this year again or both variants? Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to, we're just going to go with a single white and red. Um, we, uh, and we haven't really discussed how long we're going to kind of condition yet so that's a right. decision yet to be made Terrific. well chris let's move on and talk about what beers you got coming up in the next few months right okay so we we're drawing towards the end of the year we're, we're turning our thoughts to more autumnal and indeed eventually winter type Fire recipes beers, yeah. <laughs> that's right so <laughs> all about obviously as, as ever with us it's all about the sours so we i think we're going i think we're in the next few weeks from from now we're going to be releasing some big old crumble sours nice. so some of your listeners may may have tasted our crumble sours in the past though yes. it's kind of been a theme the last couple of years uh, but we've got a crumble a double crumble coming out um <laughs> with delivery gun quite autumnal sort of flavor profiles in those so i think the apple there's a pair of cinnamon going on Lovely. um looking forward to them I think then the month after so going into november probably we're, we we've got some winter cocktail sours coming out for some kind of glue vine or glue creek type thing with cherries nice. and uh, uh, wintry sort of vibes going on there. Like the idea of yeah. Glue yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um oh and um we yeah we're having a hard look at how we can do a, a Negroni sour. Oh um, yeah. In the design phase of that or so uh, yeah looking forward to that. Brilliant. Um yeah we're gonna wrap the year up really with um, all those beers will be available but as we run up to Christmas there's gonna be another big bottle release. Okay. Uh, we've got a because we're now four years old. Yep. For the first time ever, we have now got beer which has been in barrel for three years. Wow. Um, and we've got beer that's been in barrel for two years and obviously in one year. So we're actually going to do a three-year, two-year, one-year blend. Oh. Could uh, <laughs> be good. Yeah. So that's going to be one of our big releases. Um, and uh, we've also got a collab. It's been sitting in barrel for at least two years. Um, that was done with emperors oh fantastic so what, what beer is that um well do you know what i'm gonna i mean it is a as you'd expect of emperors it, it was brewed as an imperial stout but it's been yeah. barrel aged. yes yeah. some funky things and funky it's things got, have gone got, on got, there got, got some special ingredients that you're gonna gonna take the fifth with uh, on for the moment are you <laughs> <laughs> exactly most right. definitely so, so yeah it's it's where you know it seems an age ago we had, we had uh, damon from emperors down brewing with us so absolutely yeah. awesome day but, but finally, the beer's going to see the light of day. So really excited wow. about that one. That is exciting, yeah. Well, that's a lot of uh, lot of great beers to look forward to the next few months then, Chris. Brilliant. Where's the best place for people to get their hands on those beers as and when they're available? Always, always check out our, our web store. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to pastorybrewing.com, click on the, uh, the web shop button. Uh, you can buy all these beers. Otherwise, yeah, I mean... All discerning bottle shops and bars will have Pastore. Certainly hope so, <laughs> Otherwise, what are they playing at? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so check it out. Nice. Yeah. Good answers all. So into the home straight. And the first of two wrap-up questions is, I like to ask the guest to give what I call a shout-out to a little guy. And here I'm looking for you to mention one or more local to you beer businesses that you think are doing a great job promoting, not just Pastore, but independent craft beer in general. And that could be... Another brewery, a tap room, a pub, a bottle shop, even a restaurant or a cafe. But somebody's doing a great job promoting independent craft beer. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to um, a a brewery up near, quite near us, uh, up near Ely in Cambridgeshire, Free oh, yeah. Blind Mice. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. check them out. Great little brewery. They, they do a mixture of cask and keg, but they do neepers pale ales and they do them so so well nice i, I think they're an absolute hidden gem in, in cambridgeshire uh, you know you, if, you, if you're in the cambridge area you'll find them in, in loads and loads of pubs and restaurants around here so if you see free blind mice on a tap or on a can get it awesome Grab stuff it. can't go wrong uh, terrific lovely all right well thanks for that certainly check those guys out um so we are at the wrap-up question chris and as a repeat guest you get to answer the alternate wrap-up question the alternate <laughs> wrap-up question is what beer or beer style that is no longer available 
would you like to resurrect so that you can either taste it again or taste it for the first time? Wow. Right. Do you know, I would love to be able to go back to the 19th century and drink British cask ale mm-hmm. that's been in a barrel, uh, it's had Brett in there. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it would definitely be Brett, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that that's the one I would I would love to. If I had a time machine, I would go back and buy myself a pint of that. <laughs> I just wonder what the hops would be like. That's the thing that that fascinates me most about that is would the hops be any good? Uh, you know, I wonder yeah. whether the hops would be would be really disappointing or whether they'd somehow be yeah. kind of organic and amazing. You know, it could could go either way, couldn't it? Because you know, there's been no chemicals in the production of them, so they might be fabulous and, and mind-bogglingly good or but on the other hand they could be pitiful and not at all pleasing no. yeah very much so it's interesting our taste our taste changed you know over the course of our lives i mean i, I remember I, I used to i was a student in edinburgh way back right. in the day years ago now and I, I used to love 80 shilling back then the um and Scottish newcastle used to do a yeah. you could still get it on cars back then a lot and i used to absolutely adore it back then i used to just <laughs> go around I could find it on on cask. I, I would just buy it. I, just, I thought it was the best beer ever. I, I've been, I, you know, I, I, if I see it when I'm in Scotland in particular, uh, I'll, I'll get an 80 shilling on a cask, but I've, I've, I just don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's just my taste that's changed or, or, or people are not making it as well anymore. I, I don't know. It could be a bit of both, couldn't it? But more likely yeah. the, fir- the yeah. former than the latter, I suspect. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I so. <laughs> it's, always, uh, it's always interesting to, to contemplate, isn't it? But good answer. Anyway, no, I, I would very much like to join you in tasting that uh, 19th century cask beer as well. Well, Chris, it's been lots of fun catching up. It's been too long, but uh, absolute pleasure as always. Great to see you uh, performing at uh, Tobacco Dock a few weeks ago and, and great to catch up this evening over a couple of fantastic beers. I'm absolutely thrilled with with how things are progressing for Pastora and I can't wait to see what's uh, next to you in 2024. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please tell your drinking friends and leave us a review in your podcast app, as it really helps others discover the show. And of course, if you'd like to help support us and save money in the process, then please head over to www.thisweekincraft.beer and become a member today for just £1.99 a month and get access to exclusive savings at the top UK craft breweries. 